1: Welcome in to another edition of the Hang Time Podcast. Stop the presses, whatever else you had going on. Thank you, Smith, here in Atlanta. My main man, John Schumann in New Jersey. John Hartzell behind the glass. We have breaking news. Delayed a bit here for the podcast, but before sunrise, Anthony Davis's agent, Rich Paul, informed ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that AD has no intention of signing a Supermax extension with the New Orleans Pelicans and that he is formally requesting a trade just 10 days before the NBA trade deadline. We normally talk about NBA.com's power rankings uh, and other things, various topics from around the league, the, the weekend games we saw, which there was an outstanding Warriors-Celtics game on Saturday night, a, a great bucks thunder matchup on Sunday. But all of that news will have to wait until we get done talking about Anthony davis Shu. What's happening? Were you even up? Did did you have your glasses on when you found out about it? It was
0: Power Rankings Monday, so I hadn't gone to bed yet. So (laughs) So you already up and waiting on it? I was up, not waiting on it. No, Uh, it was uh, the timing of it was surprising, though. I guess not necessarily with um, with hindsight. Is it that we've known this has been coming at some point? I just was surprised
1: that. That it happened on Super Bowl Monday. And I and I mentioned that on Twitter. and Some guy says, Well, I don't know what the Super Bowl has to do with it. Dude, it's the Monday of the of the week of the Super Bowl, and this news drops overshadows everything else going on today, even the Super Bowl. This this is a seismic, potentially seismic event for the NBA when you have a player of Anthony Davis's caliber requesting a trade formally. I mean, there's no I, I do love that about today's NBA She was that nobody is afraid to be the villain. These players will, superstars are like, fine, you want me to wear the black hat and and ask out, you know, before my contract's up? Fine. But I just thought it was pretty bold. And, I, and, and in my mind, I, I kind of respect Rich Paul for doing it now. is why, why play games with the Pelicans? If you know Anthony Davis has no intention of, of signing that Supermax and sticking around there, why mess around? Why even bother playing the role for the next, you know, few months or the next however long? when you can just make it clear what your intentions are and get to the business of getting it done.
0: Yeah, and I think the timing of it makes it clear that the intentions are to get Anthony Davis to the Lakers. As we thought all along. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's just address the the Celtics issue. You know, the Celtics have the best collection of assets in the league when you count their the young guys on their roster plus draft picks that they mm-hmm. they're, that they're holding on to. But they cannot trade for Anthony Davis between now and July 1st because Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving are both have the designated player exception contracts, and you can't trade for both for two guys. The Rose rule, basically. Yeah, basically. And so Boston can't sort of get in the bidding unless they were to include Irving in the trade, which I assume they do not want to do. <laughs> um, they can't get in the bidding until July 1st when Irving has. Um, we assume, uh, op- opted out of his contract in order to become a free agent and then uh, right. assuming we assume uh, signing a new contract with the Celtics. So the timing of it allows the Lakers to push for a trade in the next 10 days before the Celtics can, can even get involved, really. And so that's the timing of it from Davis's side of the scenario. And- I mean, we we all know that Boston has a
1: treasure trove of assets, but what if AD has no intentions of of signing up long term with Boston if they were to trade for
0: him? So why, I mean, well, this is a great and and Nate Jones, I'll give credit to Nate Jones for making this point on Twitter. I think he made it even a couple of weeks ago, and then he made it again today. Is if say you're Boston or another team, first of all, let's the Pelicans have no obligation to trade him, none whatsoever. They can say, "Hey, we like Boston. We want Boston to get in on the bidding, whether whether it's because they like." what Boston has, could potentially offer. And mm-hmm. of course they can talk to Danny Ainge between now and then. They just can't do the trade or because they want more leverage with Boston in the mix. But the, the, the idea that, that Nate Jones brought up, which is interesting is say you're Boston and you know, Davis wants LA. He's not going to sign, you know, he, he says, no, I'm not going to sign with you in 2020. Don't trade for me. Or you're another team that has some uh, the the potential to trade for him. Mm -hmm. The Lakers want him now. Here's the thing. If you trade him and you say, no, we're going to keep him to 2020, Mm -hmm. and yeah, he can become a free agent in a year and a half from now, what are the Lakers going to do in the meantime? Are the Lakers just going to sit around and wait? With LeBron James getting a year older, LeBron James, who has now missed more consecutive games than he ever has in his career. So basically, this is the work now have, having just suffered the worst injury of his career. Basically, they're going to wait another year and just play it and, and just play out with, the, with what they have. Sign Lance Stevenson and JaVale McGee and Rajon Rondo to to one more to uh, an, a, another year of one year contract. So why would they do that? Well, that's the thing: is you put the
1: pressure. No, but on, I'm saying, why would they? I mean, even if under that scenario, even if you you tell happened, Lakers, yeah, they, you do it. Let's see. Let's see you wait it out another year. Like, but I'm let's, saying, AD's not the only free agent potential free agent in the mix in the next couple of years. I mean, they could pursue other guys if that would happen.
0: Right. So then the Lakers now they pursue Kevin Durant or, or whoever. I'm just Wyatt saying, there's somebody else. Right? right. Or Jimmy Butler. Okay, but now they don't have the ability. Now they they lose the cap space to sign Anthony Davis. In 2020, and so now you, the place he wants to go can can no longer sign him, and you've got him. But Anthony
1: Davis could do the same. He could pull the same power play on whoever trades for. Him. Okay, but where's he going now? I, I'm just saying it's up the. It's up to him though. It's not up to, we all we right. said we've said this about every guy that's demanded a trade, right? The, right. But- Kawhi, Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? Go down the list of guys: Jimmy Butler, everybody. He wants to go to the Lakers. Paul George. If you tell the Lakers, wait it out. But shoot, none of these guys have gotten traded to the team they that they were reportedly asking to go to, right? Right. So Anthony Davis is going. They're going to operate under that assumption anyway. That that yeah, you're not going where you want to go. Why, I, I think that's why Rich Paul has been so deliberately vague in in the request. They 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 mentioned that he wants to go to a team where he can consistently compete for a championship. Well, let's let's ask ourselves a, a question under the influence of truth serum. How many teams have legitimately contended for championships the last five years? Uh, three. Cleveland, Golden State, you know, Houston, Houston you Boston. That. I mean, there's been like five or six teams that legitimately had a chance to go play for a championship the last few years. Mm-hmm. So we already know that that is – Clearly vague, false information that they put in, in terms of that's a very healthy pronoun they throw out there about oh, just want to go to a contender. Well, that could be a lot of things. So what are you trying to say? I don't get it. I'm saying it doesn't matter what what they, what their request has been and what Anthony Davis's desire is. We we all think he wants to go play for the Lakers. We know that. They didn't they didn't jump into this mix today thinking that the Pelicans are gonna, hey, well, let's get you to the Lakers. They know that's not gonna happen. I mean, so there's contingencies for all of this. But none of it is, to me, none of it hinges on the Pelicans not moving. Like, he's getting moved. We know that's going to happen. Where he gets moved is the question. The real thing, the real crux of this whole thing to me is, the Lake, have the Lakers learned the lesson from the Paul George situation? <laughs> and have they, seriously, yeah. and have they decided,
0: you know what? Yeah, so that's the fascinating thing. If he gets traded somewhere Somebody's got to go if, in order for us to get Somewhere it. else between now and whatever, July 31st or something, what do the Lakers mm-hmm. do? My thing is the Lakers have – it's a fire set. you got to you got to be ready to part
1: ways with basically everybody but LeBron.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean – If, you're, yeah, if you're hell-bent on getting Anthony Davis. Absolutely, or Kevin yeah. Durant, let's just say, as plan
1: B. Or whoever you're trying to yeah. get. Yeah, whatever you're – you've already been burned once, though, in terms of pursuing a guy – that you thought you had a, had locked down in Paul George, you can't let AD go to Boston. Even if AD says now, I don't want to go. I'm not signing long term in Boston. You know, and he's not going to say that publicly, obviously. But even if that's what's on his mind, that he wants to go to LA. But you're not going to say that out loud. But we we all assume that. Well, you can't let AD go to Boston. So you
0: basically for any length of time and, and run that risk if you're the Lakers. So you basically throw Ingram, Ball, Kuzma, Kuzma, Bull, whoever there. has to get into into uh into the deal now, like right now, as in and you try to put the Pelicans' feet to the fire between you know, and yes. February seventh. Yes, if I'm the Lakers, this is the power play. This is
1: the moment to to really execute the leverage you have as the Lakers. If you know AD wants to come and put on a Laker jersey, then you make it impossible for the Pelicans to say no right now, with full understanding that you not only have to move Anthony Davis at some point, if you don't move him sooner rather than later, you have to endure the funky process of what to do with him in the meantime when everybody in the basketball universe knows he
0: wants out of it. Send him home. I say right now, no matter what, if I'm the Pelicans, he's not playing for the Pelicans again. Even if if he's healthy and even if I want to wait until the summer to trade him because I want to talk to the Celtics. So you're saying Anthony Davis has played his last game in the Pelicans uniform of John Schuman? That's what I would do. Yep. That's what I would do. That would take some What's the that point? would take some stones to do that now. Give me one reason why he should play another game for them. No, I'm they're not in the playoffs. Yeah. Right. No, you make a great point. They are not in the playoffs. The most, you know, they may get a they may get a pick or two in the trade, but as important as any pick they get in the trade is their own pick in 2019. Yes. Right. Yes. And they are in the mix of the standings with a bunch of teams that have like 20, 21, 22 wins right now. So they can definitely increase their odds of getting a top four or five pick or whatever by losing more games. And this guy, one, doesn't want to be there. Two, he's hurt. Three, like I said, they're not in playoff position. Their defense has been terrible. Their defense has has shown no signs of getting any better. Three other guys are hurt. Uh, Randall's banged up. Miritich is banged up. I have seen no reason for him to play another game for the New Orleans Pelicans, even if he's healthy, if he's perfectly healthy, and even if I'm not gonna trade him between now and February seventh. How does he how does he walk into that locker room now with this news out? I don't know. And anybody
1: take him serious as the anchor of that team? It's fast. I don't know. Like if, if it was your teammates and they and this is what makes sports so crazy shoot, but this also makes the NBA really unique in I don't I mean, is it's the one sport where The players, and maybe it's just recently, I don't know if it's always been like, but, man, the players just have no – they don't have any shame about taking the power now into their own hands. And you can blame whoever you want for this or credit whoever you want for it. This one's a new one, though, I feel like. This is like even – this is beyond even LeBron or whoever, you know, dictating their own destiny. This is – this is a monster, you know, because there's going to be a bunch of small market teams that are upset. I mean, that, you know, yet again, a superstar player is forcing his way out of a, you know, out of a, out of a contract yeah, or. Yeah, I
0: mean, we can get of it. A in, city. We, can, we can get into some reper, like deeper repercussions for this is one, you know, what happens with other guys on the Pelicans roster, guys like Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, yeah. Who can Meritage can be useful to other teams, you know, do, do are they now on the trade block? And if you're New Orleans, everybody has. I mean, you lo- you have to literally tear that thing apart potentially. Two, what does this mean for Alvin Gentry? Three, what does this mean for Dale Demps? And four, what does this mean? I hate to say it, but what does this mean for the future of the Pelicans in New, New Orleans? Yeah. Well, look, you know what, Shu? This
1: this is the re- this is the cold, harsh reality of the business of basketball that teams like to tell players about. When they trade them, right? This is it's the business. This is the business. This is part of. And if this is a new dynamic in the business, a player, and not everybody can do what, what AD or LeBron or Kyrie or Paul George like. There's a there's a couple of handfuls of players with that kind of leverage and that kind of power to go to the organization and let them know I'm I plan on walking when I have my opportunity. Just want to let you know you know a lot of organizations are like we don't care where you think you're going you know you don't you cuz in the marketplace you might not have the leverage to go out there and command what these guys will command in a free agent market but everybody knows you can hate AD all you want if he's on the, if he's available
0: there're 29 other teams on the phone and it just tells you that with any star player, like you're on the clock from... From, yeah, from the minute you get drafted. Day one. And and, yes. and Howard Beck wrote about this in Bleacher Report, I think a month or two ago, about Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like he's a year behind Anthony Davis in this whole timeline. And so, yeah. how, I mean, the Bucs are on the clock. Now we know they're very good and they're, we're gonna, they're obviously going to... We're going to see how good they are in the postseason. But once this postseason's over and all... Four of their other starters become free agents this summer. The Bucs are are, uh, under some pressure to keep what they have going or make fixes where they need to make fixes once they see, uh, you know, how they do in the postseason. With Ansa DiCupo able to do the same thing that Davis is doing right now uh, one year from now. So, I, w- I would argue that Giannis's
1: situation is slightly different only because he's experienced some pl- some playoff success, you know, at least getting there, you know, and competing a little bit. Whereas AD- the Pelicans, they won a playoff series last year. First, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. But the first time in AD's career they even did that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, they hadn't been competitive until last year when they
0: went to the playoffs,
1: they got, they got smoked the last time.
0: They're also in the Eastern conference where it's, I know, it's i mean, easy, it's just but I'm saying
1: that's what makes it different. It's easier know?
0: to stay afloat, whether that's afloat in the top four of the East or just the top right in the playoffs. I mean, the fact that the Pelicans have Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, who's been terrific for the most part and aren't in the playoff picture in their own conference is just brutal. You know, let me ask you
1: this. If you're looking at the situation and saying this is the ideal spot for an Anthony Davis. Now that we know that he has no intentions of sticking around in New Orleans, and and let's be very clear: Rich Paul, who's Anthony Davis's agent, who is also the agent for LeBron James and head of Clutch Sports. This is the way he communicated this to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, and I'm I want to be very specific how we how we phrase this and and be verbatim in our recitation of what was said. According to Woj, ESPN, Rich Paul said. Quote, Anthony wants to be traded to a team that allows him a chance to win consistently and compete for a championship. Anthony wanted to be honest and clear with his intentions, and that's the reason for informing them, them being the Pelicans, of this decision now. That's in the best interest of both Anthony's and the organization's future. So if you're, if you're diagnosing this issue, just clinically, where, where's the best basketball fit for Anthony Davis, to, to achieve the things his agent says are priority number one and 1A one on his list.
0: I mean, Golden State, he can go uh, team up with Steph Curry <laughs> for the next four years. Steph Curry and uh, Clay Thompson and Anthony Davis put that. So the Warriors to just move
1: move Boogie, Katie, and Draymond, and Andre Goddard. I mean, they got to move some people <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Boston is a great spot, but I mean, the timing of this makes it clear that they don't want Boston. Like, really, it does. Like, yeah, and that's what like, that's my point. Boston early would be great with Irving and maybe one of the other, you know, either one of the Tatum Brown, like Marcus Smart, like just you know the depth that they have and the you know I think Boston would be and it's in the East, so it's a little bit easier to believe that you're going to you know come out of that conference year after year for you know. But I'm saying if a guy, and this is what I'm talking about, this is what the, the wrinkle I
1: was trying to get at. Like, even if it makes sense to us looking at it from a sterile, you know, real clinical, detached point of view, if a dude doesn't want to go play somewhere and he's got the leverage that Anthony Davis has, and I'm the Celtics, you've either got to have a colossal amount of confidence in, in your culture as an organization. And if you're Boston, why wouldn't you? you got the history. You've got all these assets as we talked about. You have organizational infrastructure that says we'll we will compete with championships with players of your caliber in our organization. You have all this, you know, you have everything going for you, but if I'm Anthony Davis and I don't want to go play in Boston, how do you make how do you make that okay? Like how do you make that work if if you're Boston? I mean, you you you're basically stuck in the same position even with assets that New Orleans is at the end of the day if that said, superstar doesn't want to play there. Yeah. And this is why I think this is why I think it's impo- like, I think these teams, whether they realize or not, whether they like it or not, these owners, you are at the mercy of the truly elite superstar players. And there's only eight to 12 of them with that kind of leverage running around the league right now.
0: You know who's going to come calling? What, what general manager out there is going to come calling for any trade idea? Who's that? My friend Daryl Morey and uh, <laughs> why wouldn't he? I'm, so and I agree with him. The package would start with uh, Clint Capella, yes, and Eric Gordon and some. People. If it's the Wild Wild West shoe,
1: then you better you better show up. At, you better show up with your six shooters and take your <laughs> shot. Sure. Why wouldn't you? Sure. Sure. Uh, why wouldn't you? But I'm saying, even if you trade for him now. You have no guarantees that he wants to stick around in your at your place. Like if you're Danny Ainge, you can move all these you can do all this stuff. You got all these assets. Right. You don't have you don't have any guarantee that Anthony Davis wants to stay long term with you. Right. But like I said before, he, you he can says he
0: does. you can put that pressure on him and say, Hey, you stick or you're gonna be here for a neck the next year. Let's see what the Lakers do in the meantime and see if they're willing to wait you out, you know. Yeah. Cause LeBron's only getting older, you know. I mean, maybe you put LeBron if you Lakers. Maybe you let LeBron rest for a while, shut him down. He's got a four year contract with the Lakers. They're going to go through two years of that without getting the next superstar and waiting for Anthony Davis. We'll see. You know, I mean, what look? What I've heard New York tossed around shoe there. There's
1: all these theories out there now that you know this could happen, that could happen. And, oh, you know, the Knicks could trade Porzingis and that. And I mean, that. Davis is a restricted free
0: agent. This
1: right at the end of the day, though, my my base my my only lingering doubt in question about this is if Anthony Davis has made up his mind that he wants to play somewhere. There's really no way of stopping that. If, as you said, the team is willing to be patient and acquire him in whatever fashion they have to, and if Anthony Davis can't be convinced otherwise, the way Paul George was, like we don't know, we don't know what Kawhi Leonard's. Nope. Intentions are. Everybody's got a theory.
0: No. Um we don't know. For sure. One of these teams, like a New York or a Brooklyn or a Clippers, perhaps. I don't know what the Clippers have as far as prime assets that to offer. I don't even, you know, the Nets are, sort of don't have a, a Porzingis type star on their no. roster either. No. Um, could say, we're going to trade for Anthony Davis now. And we're gonna we're gonna use him to lure Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant or Jimmy Butler here in the summer. Right, yeah, I mean, guess you you could try all sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's just just a, a theory, you know. Like a, a team like that, who do, is it does even if they traded for Anthony Davis right now, they're not a contender, right? Because heck, the Pelicans aren't a contender with Anthony Davis and and a decent enough supporting cast. But they could say, okay, we've got you, and now we're going to go get uh, Kevin Durant in the summer. And then they have Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis, and that's a foundation for (laughs) contention for the next uh, three or four years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I almost, and this sounds crazy, you know, because we're talking about generally billionaires who get whatever they want when they want it. I kind of like that Anthony Davis – is in control of this. Yeah, I mean, at the same time... I do I do like that a player is in control of his own destiny at some point. Because they only have one or two times really in their careers, in the primes of their career, Shoot,
0: I have no problem with it. When they have that level. Yeah, absolutely has the right and good for him to exercise it. And the same thing with Kevin Durant. But I'll say the same thing with Kevin Durant. Selfishly, I want to see as many teams in the league, as many of the 30 having a star player you know. Mm-hmm. And so selfishly I would love Kevin Durant to be on a different team right now. You know, I I'd rather him elevate some other team from a a 3 to a 7 than elevate the Warriors from a 9 to a 10. You know what I mean? Like for the sole purpose of numbers for having more quality teams, right? Yeah, sure, just for parity, not parity and and, you know, competitive balance as, as Adam Silver would say, you know? Right. Um the other thing that <laughs> The other element to this is speaking of competitive balance is that whole um Supermax contract has basically done nothing, you know. Guys have avoided it more than and chased it. Which yeah. which to me
1: and this, and this is where we go in different directions like I think competitive balance has been overblown, you know, in term as a as a theoretical way of making the league better because even when we when we didn't focus on that phrase and that ideology shoot did we really have competitive balance? Did we have competitive balance in the 80s? Do you really think we no, had?
0: No, no, not at all. Prepared, like, we didn't, right? So, like, not at all. When, but, like, um, I'm just – as someone who watches every day. Yeah. And every team every day, you know, I just – it's tough to watch a team like Orlando that has just been done sure. nothing for six years and just has – had and, or – But my argument is, you know, having a star and just not being able to get there or, you know, Sacramento obviously being terrible, like seeing Sacramento win games this year has been so fun just knowing where they've been, basically.
1: I know, but this is my this is my only complaint about it. If we set the table, if we give everybody the same set of silverware and then we put the food on the table and. Some people know how to make a better plate than others, or some people got lucky. You got the the for sure the right piece of chicken, and didn't you know? What I mean, like for sure, and and you can't you can't manipulate this competitive balance or this parity that I think everybody
0: wants for sure. But four years ago, and four years ago, I was I wasn't complaining about the Warriors having too much talent when it was Curry and Thompson and Draymond Green and right. Harrison Barnes, right? And I don't think anybody really was, but there's a limit to <laughs> there's a you know there's a fine line between or there's a line between that and then also having Kevin Durant i guess and so i just don't, i just don't
1: like this hypocritical notion that everybody wants the system they want a cap a capitalist society until it looks too good for somebody else it's like hey you know i'm not i mean i'm just being i'm sorry that i'm sorry that Kevin Durant decided i'm sorry Kevin Durant decided he would rather play with guys with the guys in golden state as opposed to staying in Oklahoma City. It turns out Oklahoma City may get the last laugh any, anyway if they get a chance to get their hands on the Warriors in the playoffs. We don't know that. But I'm saying there is life after what looks like the worst thing that could happen. Oh, sure. They've done a fantastic I would tell the I would tell fans in New Orleans, you that as bad as this seems right now, and they've had a rough couple of weeks here, their football team probably should be in Atlanta playing for a Super Bowl this week if not for one of the most horrendous non-calls in the history of officiating. Did they and then and then on the Monday morning of Super Bowl week, before you've even had your your beignets and chicory at Cafe Du Monde, before the sun is up, before those street sweepers are finished cleaning Bourbon Street up, this, this news about Anthony Davis wanting to be traded drops. And for one of the most unique and culturally rich cities – in this country, for them not to be able to put together whatever it took to keep Anthony Davis there and to be a successful team built around him, it is a head-scratcher. It is mind-boggling that they weren't able to, to figure out the pieces. But it only reinforces this thought in my head, Sue, of how difficult it is, even when you think you have the pieces in place to do these things, how difficult it really is. gives me a greater appreciation for what Golden State has done, for what the Celtics are attempting to do even before this Anthony Davis situation takes whatever turns it takes, for LeBron and the impact he has wherever he goes. I mean, if you want to win at a championship level in the NBA, you not only have to have all your pieces in the right place, you got to be damn lucky, shoe that it, that it goes right and that nothing happens to derail it.
0: I'll tell you what it also it gives me a little bit of appreciation for is stars that consistently lift their teams up. Mm -hmm. because I still look at Anthony Davis now and think that there's something missing with just putting it all together. I mean, there's not a, you know, it's a ridiculously tantalizing combination of size, athleticism and skill. Yeah. But as tough as it is for, you know, New Orleans to lose him exactly what, how much did he do for that franchise as far as postseason success? Not much. Right. I mean, you said it yourself. I yeah. still feel like there's something missing with this guy as far as just lifting his team up and getting the job done. And, you know, I thought I saw it in the second half of last season when DeMarcus Cousins went down. I thought he turned a, a real corner as far as just playing with a, a different kind of an intensity, attacking all the time. But I think we lost that a little bit this year. The injuries is – Baffling, just the amount that's of that's always been a part of it. Amount of games that he's missed to wide variety of different injuries. It's weird. Like I don't necessarily blame that. You know, put that on. Me. It's just a. It's just a, a thing that you're going to have to deal with with Anthony Davis. But like I said, I feel like there's just a piece missing as far as winning basketball games consistently. Well, you bring up a great point, and I'm going
1: to point out a couple things to you now that I think refute that. Did you have the same concerns about James Harden in Houston before Chris Paul showed up?
0: It's a good question. Uh, did we, like,
1: I'm, I'm saying, did we have those same before concern? Chris Paul
0: showed up? No, I thought that year before he was because he was outstanding MVP. Count. Yeah. I mean, I I voted him for MVP the year before, so no, no, I did not.
1: You know, and I granted the Rockets did make a conference final. Like AD has not had the sort of success that James Harden has had in his career in the playoffs. Like AD's never had that level of success. But there, to me, there has to be. Like I don't I'm not mad at AD because Boogie didn't work out in New Orleans. Boogie got hurt and the Pelicans decided to go in a different direction. I know the the explanation has been different. That's on the Pelicans. Like I I put more of the onus on not building a, a quality playoff caliber team, consistent playoff contending team around AD on the Pelicans more than I do on Anthony Davis. And that's not saying Anthony Davis doesn't bear some of the responsibility, but you you got to do what you have to do what the Warriors did when they, when they got a chance to contend, they put a team together and then kept building, finding ways to make it better. You got to do what Cleveland did, give them credit when they did get their hands on LeBron, they moved heaven and earth. Even if it was short-sighted in terms of their long-term viability, they did what it takes to, to compete at the highest level when they had the asset and the asset being that star player.
0: Here's a question for you, though. I mean, you saw Anthony Davis in the second half of last season and in that first round, that was outstanding, yes. first round playoff series against Portland. Do you think he was the same player uh, this season? No. But do I think his his skill set has
1: changed? No. Do I think his effort has waned or that he's been less than inspired to be, you know, the same player he's always been? No. I just, I just think players, no matter what, are, are very conscious of – where they stand in this league and where, seriously, and, and what the pecking order issue and what's realistic and what's not. And I'm telling you, and I had this conversation with somebody in the studio last week and they, they made the same argument to do that. You did that. There's no way AD's teams shouldn't be better than this. And I said, you think he's got a roster in new Orleans right now that screams
0: playoffs contender or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, we 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 think we think LeBron plus anybody is a is a playoff team,
1: right? Yes, and Anthony Davis is not LeBron, and that's why I pointed out to the person that said that. That this is where you have to. This is what I'm talking about. This is where you have to get realistic. He's not. I mean, Kevin. So Durant,
0: there's something missing. So then he's not like he's not. But it's not him. What I'm saying is not him. But Kevin Durant and anybody is is probably a playoff team, right? Stephen Curry and and uh we, and, we assume and, so. all right, Stephen put Stephen Curry on the on the uh, on the Pelicans. Are they a playoff team? We assume so, but we don't know that. And that's this is the point, shoot. This league is
1: more. LeBron's the only dude I can think of that I could hitch my wagon to. As this, I got this one guy, and I'm ready to go. Everybody else, there's still a lingering
0: question mark. <laughs> I will seriously. Say, I'll say this about the Pelicans too, and we've I, we've talked about this before. Their offense has been top five. Their defense has been bottom five. So I would. Like to know why they haven't been better defensively? Why those players haven't been held accountable defensively?
1: Or maybe they haven't been constructed well enough to be? I mean, I'm not. Let's just look at their roster.
0: Do you? Could you pick Trevon Blewett out of a lineup? <laughs> I remember he, he went. He caught fire in the summer league, but I still wouldn't know what he looks like. If Chike Diallo smacked you across the face, yes, I know what Chuck Diallo. I know what Chek Diallo looks like. Yes. If Tim Frazier and Solomon Hill, yes, I know what they look like, accosted you at the
1: grocery <laughs> store, would you be able to tell the police which one was?
0: I've said this before. Like as far as their defense, they're they're small, right? They're small on the wings, and that's an issue defensively. Um, Frank like-
1: Jackson and Wesley Johnson pull up on you and you and one of your uh, weekly
0: hoops buddies at the gym and challenge you to two on two. Who wins? I, I met. I met. <laughs> I met Frank Frank Jackson at the rookie photo shoot last summer. He is a handsome young man by the way. i'm not and listen, I'm not knocking the
1: the Pelicans players, but for us to assume and and somebody's you know somebody's like, well, you know all these guys in the league have some talent or they wouldn't be in the league. Well, that's of course, but there are levels to the elite talent even to to that level of talent. I would argue that the Pelicans don't have enough of it. For them to be in the same conversation with some of these other teams, it's
0: that simple. And, and I can also say that Anthony Davis doesn't have enough of "quote unquote" it to lift a decent but not mm-hmm. very good team up to to playoff level sure. in the Western Conference. And
1: you look, and people have every right. Anthony Davis can be the biggest villain. He can, you know, he can be everything people gonna throw at him. Now that this is out, it's fair. It's fair game.
0: Especially now, like after this, he's going to have to turn it up. Like he's got to be an even better player than he's ever been in order to, I don't want to say live this down, but like to, to justify what he's doing right now. Absolutely. So Anthony Davis, if you listen,
1: averaging 30 and 13, two and a half blocks.
0: You better go consistently contend for championships. Not enough. It's not enough, bro.
1: I mean, you got, I mean, apparently being one of the five or six greatest players in basketball, it ain't enough. (laughs) <laughs> because no seriously it's not because as kevin durant found out you as lebron found out when he had to you know make up his mind to leave cleveland the first time around to go chase championships as good as you are and as talented as you might be in this league right now one dude is not enough just one by himself is not getting it i don't care you know and i don't care which one guy we talk about lebron by himself is not enough not you know he's enough to put you on the path.
0: James Harden by himself has been pretty good for the last uh,
1: couple months. Oh, he's been unbelievable. But I'm saying, if you talk about competing for championships, one dude is not enough. And AD is finding that out. Strangely enough, shoot, it's it's been since 2012. Um, I'll, I'll never forget being at the London Olympics and watching the reactions of Kobe and LeBron and KD and Melo and, Paul and all these guys watching Anthony Davis up close and personal for the first time, like in practices. I mean, they it was a freak show. Every time he got in a game, they freaked out. Because they I think they recognized the talent and abilities that he had and what might be in store. Would you say since then, Anthony Davis's career has been a disappointment in terms of wins and losses? Yes. But not certainly not in terms of the development of his talent. He's been every bit the individual talent we thought he'd be,
0: right? The skills you see it, but like I said, I think there's a an intangible there that's missing. And and like we see it, I think we know it when we mm-hmm. see it, and maybe we, we know it when we don't see it. And and I thought, I like I said, I thought second half of last season it showed up. You know, and he played that dude was on tear. He was on a tear at second half of last season and in that first round of the playoffs um, swept Portland and, you, know, they, did you yeah they ran in, they ran into uh, ran into you know the, maybe the best team ever in the second round but you know uh, I guess this season is definitely a disappointment not only with the team but I, I guess with him individually if you really thought uh if you took that second half of the season uh into account and thought you know that's going to be the Anthony Davis from now on but hey he still he still puts up ridiculous numbers he still makes some ridiculous plays. Um, on both ends of the floor. But I mean, still averaging 29.3 points, 13.3 rebounds, more than two
1: and a half blocks, four and a half assists, shooting 50 better than you know, almost 51% from the floor. I mean, the dudes, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know that I'm that I agree that he's been less than what he's been in the past. Do you think Steph would we'd view Steph the same if Clay and these other guys that they've had that they were part of that original championship team, the ones that are still there, if they hadn't kept getting better and hadn't stepped. You know kept evolving as a group like
0: it takes it's easier it's easier to evolve as an individual and get stronger as an individual with a stronger yeah, around yeah, it. that's all I'm saying
1: and i and I'm saying I don't think Anthony Davis has had that kind of infrastructure around him that would allow him to keep elevating the group because it hasn't been the same group, it hasn't been the same core pieces, you know what
0: I mean I mean, I hear that argument, but at the same time, if the best he ever did as the best player on his team is last season, and there was some not you know some other seasons of not reaching the playoffs, well, that you know that's a something we got to take into account when we evaluate him overall. Right. Okay, I mean yeah. that's fair. It's it's going to be a, an
1: already fascinating NBA season. Shoe got even wilder this morning. I'm telling you, literally, when I woke up and saw it, and I think I. I might have emailed or t- DM'd you and John Hart, so I was like, "Can't use the language that I use; it's not suitable for family podcast." But because I, w- I wasn't sure this was going to happen, I was thinking, "Hmm, we're gonna might we might actually get through this season without this thing coming to a head until the summer, and he has to decide what to do with that Supermax by making this declaration today ahead of the trade deadline." You're right. You, you mentioned it from the, from the top. He's he's said he's made it clear to everybody, Celtics included, that he wants to go to the Lakers. So now it's just a matter of seeing how this thing plays. Like, well, the Lakers? To me, this now shift to the Lakers and whether or not they're, they're willing to do whatever it takes to make sure Anthony Davis joins now, like sooner rather than later. Like, you could. You could offer up something so wild and I don't know, put get other teams involved. You could come up with the most creative package of all time if you had to, I guess. If you you are absolutely hell bent
0: on getting Anthony Davis on the Lakers, that LeBron clock is ticking yeah. and maybe there's an urgency to compete right now and not just use year 1 with the Lakers as a foundation. Use it as a no, we're competing with the Warriors. And the you know right now right right yeah. away and the way to do that is to trade for uh, Anthony Davis you know in the next ten days. Great. So now nobody sleeps for the next ten days. That's that's what we know. No, I'm going to sleep like right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, when Keep we're, one hour <laughs> for the next this. ten days. Uh,
1: <laughs> should be craziness. Shoot, I didn't even ask about the power. I'm sorry. Who's the top five in in
0: the power rankings this week? I didn't even get a chance to. You're defending NBA champions, Golden State Warriors, back at number one for the first time in like 11 Not weeks or so. Riding a 10-game winning streak with a big win in Boston on uh, Saturday. That's number one. Number two, the Milwaukee Bucks. False spot with that loss in uh, Oklahoma City on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three is Oklahoma City. Riding a five-game winning streak that includes wins over the Bucks, Sixers, I believe, and Blazers. Three other teams that are in the top 10. Number four, uh, Denver Nuggets doing their thing still. They have uh, one thing I'll say about the Nuggets: they haven't had their like core four guys—Murray, uh, Harris, Millsap, and Jokic—they've barely played together over like the last month and a half, and so that's sort of, uh, sort of, and they've sort of, sort of struggled—not struggled, but they sort of played through a bunch of absences, right. uh, including Jokic's uh, one-game suspension last week over the last month and a half. And number five, the Celtics. Uh other than that, uh lost, you know, they lost to the Warriors, but they were right there. They're the closest to having knocked off the Warriors during this 10-game winning streak. Offense is still looking pretty strong and you know, still a Gordon Hayward issue, but still looking pretty uh pretty good. So there's actually a lot of movement in the top twelve or thirteen. Right. At the bottom, there was like no movement because the bad teams remained bad. And you know, the Cavs and Bulls split their big uh big home-and-home uh, home series last week. And, you know, so uh, that was that. Yeah,
1: The All-Star Reserves will be announced Thursday on TNT. The starters were selected last Thursday after we finished the most recent time podcast. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, and Kimball Walker were the starters in the East. LeBron, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Steph Curry and James Harden the starters in the west. Shoot, I'm not going to go through the
0: grind of asking you about your reserves you know, on either side. <laughs> I'll say I'll say some 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 the easy ones for me in the east, like the name like I, I haven't really done a ton of, you know, digging to figure out who my seven reserves okay. would be, but the ones I wrote down e- in the east easily without hesitation were Ben Simmons because I had him as a starter, Bradley Beal because he was my sort of second choice. Uh, as a starter, uh, and Blake Griffin. Mm. And then Fuchovic I wrote down pretty quickly, and Oladipo I wrote down pretty quickly, and obviously he's going to need an injury replacement. Sure. Um, so that's a good thing about him. You can actually get uh, 13 All-Stars at right. least because you, you put Oladipo in and you can add somebody. And then after that, so that's five. And then after that, with three more spots, uh, including the Oladipo injury replacement, I'm just dumbfounded a little bit just trying to figure out who the other three would go. I had uh, Bledsoe, D'Angelo Russell, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, even uh, Sabonis is a possibility. Mm. Uh, And the West, first three were easy. Anthony Davis, uh, Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, one, two, three, were automatics for me. And then after that, I had a sort of a list of five guys that I thought were probables were uh Tobias Harris, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, Russell Westbrook, Lamarcus Aldridge. And so that is one, two, three, four, three. That's 1234 thats 8 Uh is that no eight? Clay Thompson? Wow. You didn't think Clay Clay well? Yeah, Clay Thompson was the one that I'm like, I don't know. And so wait, I just list I just named eight guys, so that's one too mm-hmm. many. Jeez, we need a thirteen man <laughs> all-star roster. Yeah. Some people
1: tell you, you need any more than that, but that's it's an argument for another day. Um Anyway,
0: so that's a very indefinite list on my part. Sure, no, it'll
1: it'll it'll work itself out. Obviously, Thursday we'll find out on TNT. Um, I'll be curious to see what what the coaches come up with. You know, they they got a lot on their plate. Obviously, picking the reserves.
0: I'm glad it's not up to
1: me. Yeah, there's there are a lot of options. I'm I'm spent. I've been thinking about Anthony Davis and this whole thing all day. I'm 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 serious. I need to like I need to take a mental health break here for like 15 minutes now after. I've, I've been unplugged from Twitter for the last uh, hour. So who, who knows what's yes, happening? Yes, I don't know. This. I leave that Twitter business up to you. Um, we appreciate you entertaining us all the time on social media. 10 days shoot to the trade deadline. I'll leave it at that. 10 days. Who knows what's going to happen between now and then? But we'll be sure to talk about it. We'll be back Thursday with another episode of the Hang Time Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Hang Time on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for new episodes all season long. Make sure you leave a review. The Week 15 Power Rankings on NBA.com. Check those out. Get a detailed information about all 30 teams, not just the top five. And we will see you right here next time on the Hangtime Podcast.